0: Hello, I hope you all had a great holiday, and welcome back to Season 2 of Spawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans.
1: I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Really glad to be back. It was a much-needed break, but I am really excited to start back up. And starting for a return back, we are going to return back to one of our previous topics we talked about, Naruto, with Naruto Act 3, Konoha Crush. Konoha Crush covers episodes 68 to 80. So compared to the last arc, we, the tuning exams, we go from an almost 40 episode arc to a 12 episode arc. Which, it was really interesting to talk about 40 episodes, but I'm kind of relieved that this one's a little bit shorter. So, in this arc, we learn that Orochimaru plans to destroy the Leaf Village with the Sound Ninja and the Sand Ninja by his side. But we also learn the true strength and form of other tailed beasts, and we see the power of Naruto's Determination. This arc is important for setting up the future relationship between the sand village and the leaf village. And it's preparing Naruto for his future training and setting foreshadows within the plot and our introduction to Sasuke's mortal enemy, which we will learn at the very end of this arc. So as you kind of mentioned,
0: this is a really short arc, so we're just going to kind of jump right into it. Not to mention that's kind of how the arc begins. Because if you recall from the Chunin exam arc we discussed earlier, it kind of ended with Sasuke and Gara's fight where he used his Chidori and pretty much... I don't think he gave him a fatal wound, but he inflicted a lot of damage to Gara, who was supposed to have this impenetrable defense sand and Sasuke's Chidori went through it almost like butter. So, because of this... Guard starts his transformation a little early in the fight instead of how it was originally planned. And because he was injured and everything, this kind of throws a wrench in the whole Orochimaru's plan. So Kabuto has to use a Gen Jutsu and puts the entire audience and surroundings to sleep with... I don't know. Does it ever say what actual Jutsu it's called? Oh, no. Go to sleep, Jutsu. (laughs) <laughs> it's called Ninety Nine Jitsu, Jutsu. But it, it's a very quick kind of like you're into it because all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, stuff is about to go down. <laughs> because now, which you have to admit, because he put everyone to sleep, he's essentially saving those lives because of the fighting that's about to happen. Now they aren't part of it. So, I don't know if that was the true purpose or if it was just like, hey, let's see what ninjas we can get also in this whoever is not able to like repel this genjutsu, it would lower their fighting force or I don't know exactly what they're doing, but I think in this situation they actually saved a little more lives doing this.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree completely. He is taking out the weak people who can't fight this Genjutsu. So by doing so, they're not going to get slaughtered. Because we all know how strong Orochimaru is and his um, sound ninja. So the fact that they put them to sleep just makes less cannon fodder. And they can just kind of focus on the like big guys. So I would agree. Definitely spared some people. But I think it was more for convenience rather than them yeah, being Yeah, I think merciful. it was
0: more of a coincidence than... Like, them actually planning. Yeah. It was a happy little accident. (laughs) So, after this genjutsu goes into place, we start to see Orochimaru actually come out and take the third Hokage hostage. And this is the ultimate plan of what is going on was to basically assassinate the least village Hokage. And to make sure no one interrupts the battle, he gets his sound ninjas to create this extremely powerful, like, purple barrier that if you touch it, you like instantly turn into flames. Because I believe one of the Ambu were like trying to join in on him, and he was already jumping in that direction, so he couldn't really like stop himself. And he touches the barrier and just like lights up in flames. So now he basically has this one-on-one fight that he wanted to but of course it's naruto so we don't just see one fight at a time so after this pans back over and we see that the sand ninjas summon this giant ass snake that just starts attacking the like defensive wall barrier whatever you want to call it of the village And now, the sound and sand ninja are starting to invade. And, of course, battles break out all over the village. Tamari and Konkuro, who were the sound ninja that were taking the exam, quickly get Gaara to safety so he can recover. But at last, Sasuke, having this ego of not wanting to lose, is like, no, come back here. They have to finish this fight, even though... All this shit's going down. The village is being invaded. The third Hokage got (laughs) taken hostage. Sand and Sound Ninja are coming through. Sasuke's like, no, let me finish my fight. Like, yeah, that's the important thing here, Sasuke.
1: You said Tamari and Kankuro were... I think you said Sound, but you meant Sand. Oh, I might have accidentally said Sound. It might have just been me hearing you wrong, but that's okay. But yeah, like, Sasuke does not have his priorities straight right now. He is in the middle of a fight and all of a sudden his village is being attacked and he's like you know what i'm not done yet let's let's continue this a little ego there but it wouldn't be sasuke without a little ego that's true so within all of this chaos kakashi and guy fought off the genjutsu and are protecting the citizens from this attack and he calls out to kakashi Uh, Kakashi calls out the Sakura, who also resisted the jutsu, and tells her to wake up Naruto and Shikamaru. Because they're about to go on an A-ranked mission after a decent amount of time without going on any missions. So, it's pretty fun. Naruto's going to be excited. He loves high-ranking missions. So, this is a really nice scene to look at when we want to kind of look at the type of skills that the characters are good at. For example, we would expect high-level joning like Kakashi and Gai to resist this Genjutsu because of how great their abilities are compared to Kabuto and lesser ninjas. But the fact that Sakura was able to repel this shows that she has fine control of Chakra and she is capable of seeing through simple Genjutsu. Meanwhile, Naruto is unskilled when it comes to easy tasks like that. He's more of a use brute force to get out of the situation or talk his way out of a situation type of guy. And then we have Shikumaru, who actually, we learned, was able to resist the jutsu, but he just chose to pretend to be asleep so that he wouldn't have to be bothered with dealing with the ongoing chaos and conflict going on around him. But, of course, he gets dragged away anyway because he is a pretty important asset.
0: Another reason why I fell in love with Shikamaru. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's just like this dude is so bothered by people attacking his village <laughs> that he's just like, I'm just going to ignore this problem. <laughs>
0: and one quick thing I want to say is, yeah, I believe how you kind of said use brute force or talk his way out is definitely his like forte and how this isn't i think it kind of goes i'm going to mention a little bit of bleach how ichigo even though he had some he has more battle sense kind of like naruto once like once he's in a battle that's where his prowess shows but like with ichigo when it came to controlling i don't know what it's called reishi or something whatever is similar to like chakra it is in naruto he couldn't do fine control like fine movements or whatever fine control with his things where he could use over he could but he has like this explosive power which I think is very similar Mm -hmm. to Naruto like in the sense where something like this where he has to have fine control of his chakra is his weak point but then like when it comes to battle with his like stamina his huge chakra pool he can show his like prowess coming out
1: yeah I completely agree because they're actually very similar in that aspect, too, because Ichigo, like you said, he can't he doesn't have fine control, but he has a massive amount of like spirit energy, just like Naruto has a massive amount of chakra because of the nine tailed fox. So very similar in those aspects. It's just like once they are in the fight, everything goes out the window and you're able to just overcome with your the skills, your battle skills rather than. Your fine control over when you, whether you can fight off this Genjutsu or not. And don't
0: forget the ultimate power. The power of friendship. Oh, God.
1: Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> <laughs> so that also goes to show, like, the importance of a three-man team. Because Sakura is on Naruto's team. So Naruto can't control his, like, can't fight simple tasks like Genjutsu. But Sakura is able to. Which is very important to help support Naruto's weaknesses. And then... Sasuke obviously has fine control over Genjutsu. So they kinda have this triangle of strengths and weaknesses that they overlap in. And that's I feel like a good little short, uh, display of that.
0: Well, you have to thank episode one for that. When they got assigned teams, they uh mm-hmm. they were really they really did balance out those <laughs> teams, huh? At least for team seven yeah. they did.
1: They said, You're dumb, you're <laughs> smart, your team.
0: But going back to president well president naruto that we're talking about currently obviously the mission is as you said a, a rank maybe even considered an s rank mission kakashi assigns sakuro shikamaru naruto to track down and stop sasuke and hide and wait for future orders because everything's kind of going on kakashi doesn't really know what dangers are lie ahead but he believes in his students so he's like go find them But then afterwards, don't do anything. We don't know. We don't have any information. Just don't get him, hide, stay safe. Your lives are more important, pretty much.
1: Yeah, because they don't fully know the extent of this attack at this point. They just know they're being attacked. They can assume that they're going to be very powerful and these um, Genning won't be able to handle themselves
0: which i think also shows a lot in kakashi that he's willing to trust his students but also mm-hmm. was like he yes you could say it's kind of an unreasonable task but also n- not at the same time like that he knew that these ninjas were preparing for war like this wasn't something new like tensions were high within like all the lands right now so it's something mm-hmm. they were preparing for so he's like hey state of emergency But do this, and then that's it. Like, he's like, once you do this, get your friend back. And then he's like, and then hide. Like, protect yourself afterwards. So he's showing courage, but and
1: compassion. Right, I agree.
0: But then, a lot of, like, back and forth happens throughout this orc. Because we see them getting ready. And just as they're, like, getting ready to go out, we come back to the Orochimaru fight. And Orochimaru is showing Oh shoot, hold on. So we're going back to the Orochimaru fight and he's showing all these like skills, advanced techniques, and everything that if any other like ninja, even Jonin were to come in, they would have been like nothing. He like he's not some kind of small fry. It showed because he is showing strength compared to a Kage. But you have to also admit that it kind of shows how strong he is because he is considered one of the three legendary Insani who you can arguably say rivaled powers to the Kage. So I think it kind of showed... I'm glad they did that because even though the third Hokage is older... He is still showing, like, just enough, like, energy and skills as, like, a younger generation ninja. So, it's not that he hasn't lost skills because of his age. Obviously, he's not as strong as he was in his prime, but he is also fighting someone who is in his prime, who is a legendary signing, who is supposed to be, like, as strong as Akage with... A third Hokage who was retired but came back. So I think the power level being like evenly matched is a great, like I think they did a great like source or how they I guess showed it. So as they fight, the Anbu can only just watch because they're outside this barrier, which I think was a little weird how they kept panning to him because it's like I know the Anbu are supposed to protect the kage but it was kind of like at this point your whole village is being attacked there's a barrier going on that's practically impenetrable right now and the four you are just standing there watching like i could understand like hey maybe send other like the other three to go help the village and keep one there for like backup but i don't know i thought that was a little weird that they literally did nothing but just watch So then, going on, we see this fight going on, and we finally see what made Orochimaru, like, a rogue ninja. And he uses a reanimation jutsu. He uses the forbidden, impure world reincarnation, which summons reanimated corpses of the first and second Hokage to fight as Orochimaru's pawns. And this scene, like is even worse when you realize that they are fully aware of what they're doing. Like, they had their conscience, but they can't control their bodies. And so you see, like, these first and second Hokage are trying to, like, fight it, but they can't as they are fighting against their comrade, the third Hokage.
1: Yeah, so a few things about this scene. Um, One thing that it didn't really... Um, Affect me the way it does after the second time through watching this episode. But when they first start their fight, the Ambu, the special task force ninjas, like basically the hidden assassins of the Leaf, are the elite of the elite when it comes to um, trained ninja. They are standing on the sidelines watching because of this barrier, and they are impressed with how much power is fought between Orochimaru and the third Hokage. So I really love that because watching it, these ninjas are just like, oh, my God. Like, it's very impressive, like, the strength. But watching the second time, you realize, like, how important that info is because of how powerful these ninja are. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then, like you said, with uh, the first and second Hokage being fully aware of what they're doing just kind of hurts because they see their, their friend in, in such an old state being overpowered by Orochimaru or at least, um, comparable to Orochimaru. And now they have to fight their friend and basically just overpower him against their will. And it's really sad. It's a sad reunion because being dead, I mean, I'm assuming they knew they were dead, but, um, just the fact that now they're being forced into something that they don't want to do. It's just, it's a tough scene. And this scene also sets up some pretty important pieces for the future. And it creates some foreshadow for Shippuden. Because without Orochimaru and this specific fight, in this specific arc, Shippuden basically would never have happened. So that's kind of fun. Um, so I'm pretty, we're pretty excited about this fight. Like they're amping it up. They're like, Hey, you're the first and second Hokage. We're about to fight the third. And then they're like, psych, let's cut back over to Naruto real quick. So they're in pursuit of Sasuke and the sand ninja, but of course they're being followed by nine sound ninja because the sand and sound are in cahoots. And in order to buy some time and complete this mission, Shikamaru stays behind to fight while Sakura and Naruto move ahead. And capture Sasuke. So Shikamaru stops. And he is preparing to fight. He uses his shadow possession jutsu. And grabs 8 of the 9 ninja. And as he assesses the situation. He realizes that 1 got away. And that was planned. Because of this exact scenario. He was worried that. or They planned that if there was an ambush. At least one of them would survive. And go and get it after the Naruto and Sakura. so he realizes during this fight that he doesn't have enough chakra to fight off these guys because of the state that he was left in after the battle with Tamari so he accepts his fate knowing he's going to lose at least he was able to buy some time but before Shikamaru was able to meet his demise Ozma sensei shows up and defeats all eight ninjas very easily Wait. which is pretty cool
0: i love the this whole setup because it does look like it's bleak because you see his you see him holding on as much as he can and you see the shadows slowly going up and he resides his fate but then azuma comes in and is like the fuck you doing to my students (laughs) and then just wipes them out with ease i'm just
1: like yes and this was like one of the first, not first scenes, but this is one of the scenes that just makes me appreciate Ozma and the character that he is. And you just feel him. He's such a nice guy and he cares so much. So seeing him protect Shikamaru like this was just like, yeah, Ozma's in it. We're going to win this.
0: Also, one huge thing I love about this fact is unlike a lot of like shonen animes at the time or even sometimes now, that we always forget that these people are getting, like, yes, we've seen some incredible fights and some incredible power come from them. But the people that are attacking right now are supposed to be stronger than them. It So it was kind of a nice relief that we showed, like, hey, even though they are the Leaf Village Ninja, like, Shikamaru just came from a fight. Like, he shouldn't have been able to win this fight. And instead of making it, like, somehow, like, he's like obviously it would have gone against his character because he's kind of the whole lazy thing, but would have been like, no, I have to hold on for like Naruto, <laughs> Sasuke, uh, Sakura. Like, and then like all of a sudden he gets his chakra back and is able to use like shadow strangle jutsu or some shit out of nowhere. No, he actually loses his jutsu, but then Asuma, who's a Jonin, who's their sensei comes in, wipes him out. And is like, Hey, I'm here, good job, you did your job, and now it's like, and now I'm here to do my job. So they remind us mm-hmm. that while they are still getting power, they are still getting, they're not supposed to be this all-powerful ninja just yet. So I kind of like how they did. They showed this and that they still have a long way to go to train to become who they are today.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really just, they lack that fine discipline, that control that these uh, Jonin have, they're just, like you said, there's amazing battles, but that's people of equal strength fighting each other. They really, Shippuden, or sorry, um, regular first um, section of Naruto really solidifies how weak they actually are compared to what they will be in the future. So yeah, like you said, it's just a great way to show that.
0: I'm glad they did it, though, because there are some animes Mm -hmm. where you do see them get power-ups, But I feel like a lot of shounen animes, like, especially, like, now, if this situation would have happened, they would have gotten some new power, some new skill, or something Mm would have happened to turn the tides. But no, they're just like, nah, we're gonna bring in Ozma sensei for this. I think it also kind of helped that they did that for future references, because there are some more battles going on that show, like, the sensei's powers. So, I think they'd... Overall, I just think they did a good showcase on like how their power levels kind of grew yeah. as time went on and used the people who were supposed to be at that power level at that time to fight that enemy. I think they did a good job. Right.
1: And and since you just brought up the fact that there will be more moments of showcasing the Sensei's powers, that is true. And then also there's a lot of good moments where they showcase the students' powers next to Sensei's power together after a lot of training and you realize how far they've come yeah
0: it's it's just a good it's a good journey and that's why i think it sticks with people so much but before we start getting way too off track with that yeah
1: yeah, we don't want to go too far ahead (laughs)
0: let's go back and now we go back to the final showdown well the final moment we're going back we get back to the hokage showdown which is the episode i started watching on Literally, this episode is where we see him because this this match is practically becoming a stalemate at this point, and we start seeing all these different like elemental attacks. We get fire style jutsu from the from the third blocked, and then countered with water style jutsu. Then he uses earth style for defense, and then the first Hokage attacks using taijutsu, and it's just like everything is just getting like. He's just getting almost overpowered at this point. But then the they actually even like cornered him because they used the first Hokage's wood style of jutsu, which is almost isn't that's not a Keke Genkai. But it's like it's very hard to use. It is a Keke Genkai.
1: Only because um this is also a spoiler for the future, but Arochi Maru was never able to replicate it, but it was such a strong and powerful jutsu that he created a specific person in order oh. to utilize this genji or this kekkei genkai. Gotcha. So it wasn't okay. You probably know who I'm yep. talking about, but yeah, he creates him so he could utilize this because he's not able to recreate it.
0: Gotcha. So it was a kekkei genkai, and so then now when he uses that, now it's like, oh no! Like the battles, it looks like the battles about to turn. The Hokage, Hokage looks like he's just about to be killed now at this point.
1: Yeah, I love this battle because it shows that even though the third is an old man, he is still has the skill to run laps on so many ninja of this village. Like it, It's just, he is unbelievably agile and powerful in this battle. And he's facing two former prime... Hokage and he is still holding his own but then on the flip side of this we it shows the amount of strength that he possesses um, on the flip side of this with the amount of strength that he possesses it shows how strong the former Hokage were because they are able to still push him back and get that um, advantage over him when I was watching this scene for a second time before um, when I knew everything that was actually going to, going on, it it makes sense to me why they didn't have the fourth Hokage as well in this episode. Because when I first watched, I'm like, they brought out the the first and second Hokage, but where's the fourth? Because he's dead too. Like we know this, so why isn't he here? And looking back at it, without giving away like, too many spoilers, if they showed his face, I think we realize why they didn't bring him into this battle well and what
0: i was going to say one quick thing is that while this reanimation jutsu was going on technically i don't know how how it worked but the third okage stopped the fourth one from actually coming up it wasn't that he wasn't trying to it's
1: you're absolutely right it
0: was that somehow he was throwing he sh- threw like the shuriken used shadow shuriken jutsu mm. and hit like 20 shurikens at this coffin and then the coffin like nah i'm not dealing yeah. with this shit and went back I'm gonna,
1: down i'm gonna turn around i don't know that's the only part i'm like confused at like okay The coffin said i am ahead yeah that's pretty much what <laughs> happened i'm just like but
0: now obviously we know why it did that but like at the time yeah. i'm just i was always kids
1: like um, so now that you say that, cause I completely forgot about that, even though I just recently watched this, um,
0: like I said, okay, it was my so, first episode. So I literally remember this yeah. fight almost like yeah. every bit of it, because this was, I was like, wow, I've been making fun of this. And now <laughs> I'm like, I want to watch it. This now. is sweet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it makes sense why they didn't include the fourth Hokage in this with the information we know now, but also it would. He would have wiped the stage. I think. Um. He would have wiped the floor with the third Hokage. percent. Oh, I think the fourth is like one of the most powerful. Well, especially with maybe maybe below Hashirama.
0: Yeah, especially with the other two Hokages fighting with him. Oh yeah. It, yeah, Fucking third Hokage wouldn't stand a chance. Because I the oh, only reason but, I feel like they he even was able to kind of like hold off was because the first and second were fighting back like yeah. the jutsu. Obviously, they couldn't do it, but they were still, like, resisting. Obviously, um, if it was a two-on-one, like, and they went full power, I don't think the third Hokage could have won the fight. Now,
1: I don't want to put in too many spoilers here, but since you brought that up with him being sent back down, so he was going to be summoned, there's a logistical error, or maybe just, like, a... Uh, a continuity error of some sort, because he was definitely going to summon the fourth Hokage, but we learn... At the end of Shippuden, when he's trying to summon the first, second, third, and fourth, he is unable to because of the Reaper Death Seal jutsu. And he has to do it in a specific way. And we already know that the fourth Hokage used Reaper Death Seal to save the village and seal away the nine-tailed fox. So, with that being said, he wouldn't have been able to reanimate the fourth Hokage in this moment so either there was some continuity error or it was just wasn't fully fleshed out this early on in the show or manga but that's a a little bit of an error there on do, kishimoto's part so
0: do we but okay so yes that obviously 100 percent that continuity works right now but do we learn of the fourth Okage sacrifice and using that before or oh, tries to reanimate them? Yes. Okay. So, so then, yeah, that is so a
1: continuity thing. We do know he sealed the Ninetales. So, I think at this specific episode, we don't know that. We know he sealed away the nine tails in Naruto. We don't know what he did specifically to do that. But, um, in, like, the next episode, when the fourth is about to use this Reaper Death Seal, he says, or the third Hokage, he says, I'm going to use the fourth Hokage's Jutsu. So then, I think we can assume, since it's the fourth jutsu, we can assume he used it at the time of his death. Because yeah. I don't know how you'd create this jutsu without using it, you know.
0: Well, yeah. Because I thought the because didn't he also make the Rasengan? Or oh, is that the yeah? Okay. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah the the fourth made the Rasengan.
0: But he well we did see him use that so never mind.
1: Yeah, we we haven't yeah. But yeah, so we know he used the Reaper Death Seal. And so, yeah, I think it's just. But we don't know the logistics of he can't revive someone who used the Death Seal. So I'm super spoiler right now. But I just had to get that off my chest. If you want to cut that out, that's fine. But (laughs) I just had to get that off my chest since you brought it up.
0: So now going back to the actual fight. We see, of course, the third Hokage. He's not Hokage for no reason. He has a few more tricks up his sleeve. And, of course, now he uses Summoning Jutsu. And, unlike Jiraiya's and Naruto, he summons the Monkey King named Enba. Now, don't... Now, we don't get used to him because, unlike the other summons in, in the show, he's only summoned once because, obviously, we don't really see the third Hokage fight that much, nor do we really see him in, like, a life or death situation. But he shows such a massive amount of strength as he quickly turns the tide of the battle and he launches the first and second Hokage with a single punch. And now he, the third Hokage is freed and he transforms into a staff for him to use while fighting. So now the third is fighting the first, second, and Orochimaru, but he's holding his own. So it's now more of a 3v2 fight.
1: Yeah, but of course... We're cut short again because what's going on with Sasuke? <laughs> Let's find out. So he's finally caught up with Tamari, Gara, and Konkuro. Tamari decides to fight Sasuke to buy some time for Gara and Konkuro, right? But whew, it's not a long fight because Sasuke's like, listen, I want Gara and I'm going to get him. He's a man on a mission and he just can't let things go. So he quickly ends that and he continues his pursuit. So, yeah. Now we're back to the real show again. Just wrap that up real quick. Uh, So we're looking at Orochimaru, and he peels off his face to the third Hokage, and he's shocked that Orochimaru has mastered the technique to extend his life. Orochimaru is obsessed with living forever and obtaining every jutsu he possibly can, and he will achieve this by stealing the bodies of others. And he reveals that his next target is the body of Sasuke Uchiha. So we finally learn what his true objective is here. And now the third realizes that Orochimaru is completely psycho. And he regrets that he didn't kill him years ago. And we go through these flashbacks. And we see that the third had a chance to kill Orochimaru. But he couldn't do it. So now he's reminiscing on that. Realizing he definitely should have done it. So he uses some shadow clones to finish this fight. He's like, listen, I've had enough of this. I'm not... About fighting my friends here, so let's just get this over with. So, he has two of the clones grab onto the first and second Hokage, and he's able to perform the Reaper Death Seal Jutsu, a Jutsu that was previously used by the fourth Hokage, which we already mentioned. The Jutsu takes the life of the caster and the person the holder or the caster is holding. So, um the first or the third Hokage manages to grab onto Orochimaru and he uses this jutsu. He takes he kills the first and second Hokage and he is attempting to take Orochimaru's life which it's partially in vain because Orochimaru was able to resist it where he lost the ability to use jutsu now. So the third Hokage kind of viewed this as a win because He was not able to kill Orochimaru, but he was able to take his arms. And this would prevent him from causing harm because, you know, he wouldn't be able to cast horrible jutsu on people anymore. But unfortunately, the third's death was inevitable. So, he lies there dead now. Rip.
0: And uh, I just want to say a few things to those who are watching that have never actually seen this. For those of you who are wondering, like, why would you, why would he perform this on his friends? One, the first and second Hokage actually wanted this jutsu to happen because, as we kind of mentioned in our little tangent, when using the Reaper Death Jutsu to like take both the first and second Hokage's soul with them, now it's almost like a seal to protect them from being reanimated again. So, yes, it, yes and no of like if you can say it's a disgrace or whatever, because it's like, oh, you performed such a hitty, uh, whatever, bad jutsu on your friends. But at the same time, he's also almost protecting them because if I'm remembering it, they also kind of like thank him because they're like, yes, now I can't get reanimated now for like, for bad purposes again. And the whole, if you're wondering like what he means by taking his arms, because he was resisting the third hokage kind of knew he couldn't take his entire soul so he so he gets the person to like cut his soul up and it gets rid of his arms so he's absolutely no way to use his arms because his little soul got cut Mm -hmm. so now he can't perform any ninjutsu ever in his life so that's why the third hokage is like now you get an old man my life was already like He was already, like, a foot in the grave, let's say. But now he's like, now I made it so you can never use ninjutsu again for as long as you live, even if you live forever. So he's like, that's why he dies satisfied.
1: And I think it was an honorable way for him to die. Like, he viewed it as honorable to die protecting his village. And this was, like, the best thing he could do for Konoha. Oh. Was to prevent Orochimaru from doing any more damage.
0: Absolutely. He protected his village. You can arguably say he protected his friends with the first and second Hokage now because sealed, mm-hmm. their souls can't just get reanimated just like that anymore. And then he got rid of Orochimaru's ability to use ninjutsu, which is extremely strong for a ninja. Of course, we all know one ninja who can't use it and is incredibly strong as well. But for Orochimaru, who's obsessed with getting all these jutsus and living forever, this is a huge detriment to his plan.
1: Mm-hmm. It's literally cutting off his entire ego because his whole purpose was to master every jutsu, and now that was tragically taken from him, or not tragically. I guess you reap what you sow, right? Yeah, <laughs>
0: but I think <laughs> I think they gave him a fitting end for a third Hokage because he protected his village. Mm-hmm. He died doing what a, a Hokage should have. But yes, agreed. So as this fight kind of wraps up, so does this battle the leaf village lost to hokage but they don't they don't really know this as of yet because as to this orochimaru now has to flee but we don't know exactly like what orochimaru's true like thing is like yes we know he's after sasuke but like okay so it's naruto like what what's orochimaru doing like what's going on here so like they he leaves just as almost just as quick as he came and then so once they leave so there's like so uh, some of the battles and stuff slowly start to mm-hmm. die out and then we finally right after this we go back and we see that sasuke has finally caught up to kankuro and gara and at the same time the underrated and undershown character shino uh how do you pronounce aburame, it? aburame shows up to fight and i really do think he was underrated because <laughs> he had so much potential to be oh like God. a good i
1: feel like character. so many of these characters had so much potential
0: they did like at the and beginning they did flesh out like especially when it for the tuning exams like you saw a lot mm-hmm. of potential in some of these and then they kind of just dropped a lot of them
1: absolutely like yeah naruto like the whole first portion of naruto you actually got to see some decent battles between all these characters and then shippuden they're like Hey, we don't actually care about any of you anymore.
0: And so Shino comes at, and he, he's not like too buddy-buddy with Sasuke, but he's like, I'll take this, I'll take Kankuro because he's like, we were supposed to fight, we never did. So he's like, now it's my turn to fight. And so they get to fight, and I think it was a pretty cool fight because, hmm the one thing I will say is it wasn't a very exciting fight, quote-unquote, because, because of their abilities. Kankuro is known yeah. as the Puppet Master, so he just kind of uses puppets to try to ambush Shino. And Shino uses his insects. And it was like, okay, they both can see what they're doing. None of them really attack themselves because he uses puppets yeah. to attack and he uses his bugs to attack.
1: In a sense, they're both puppet masters in a way.
0: Yeah, so I think it was cool that they had these two fight. And it ultimately ends in a draw. So to kind of wrap it up a little bit is Shino uses a swarm of bugs. When he got close to him. he faked a punch that Konkuro easily dodged and laid a queen bug on Konkuro's headband. And so he uses that and had a swarm... Of bugs like hidden and they started i don't know if they i forget what's
1: his explanation of how he had hidden. i think he said they were sapping his chakra like they oh yeah from his
0: like chakra strings
1: mm-hmm. and
0: so they use that to finally catch you know, and he, he is getting like eaten alive almost by these insects but of course before that happened kangaroo was able to use one of his puppets to inflect Shino with poison. And so now mm-hmm. it's like Kangaroo f- falls while being like attacked by all these insects and then Shino is like, starting to lose consciousness because of the poison. So it yeah. both kind of ended in a draw of the fight.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then right after yeah, that we, we jump right yeah. into Sasuke's fight now with the Awoken Gara <laughs> because you know the second name for Naruto is uh, "Where's Sasuke?"
1: <laughs> it really is just a big old battle, to, or big old show to find Sasuke. In. So, Sasuke he manages to meet up with Gara, and he's awakened, and he's partially transformed into the one-tailed beast Shukaku. Uh, the Shukaku transformation has increased Gara's street and speed and strength tremendously pushing Sasuke to his limits. Sasuke's able to use his Chidori and cut off one of Shukaku's arms, but it's basically pure sand, so it has no effect on him. And because of Sasuke's previous battle with Gaara, he already used the Chidori once, so this is his second use for the day, which is the max his chakra will allow. So he has to tap into the energy of his curse mark, which grants him incredible strength and speed as well, so he's able to use chidori numerous times again not ever inflicting a fatal wound and with the immense strength that comes with the curse mark it eats away at sasuke's physical strength and he is no longer able to continue fighting shukaku is just too powerful he succumbs to the curse mark and collapses gar comes in for the kill and of course naruto arrives just in time to save sasuke yet again
0: Now, if this kind of gives you a uh, sense of deja vu, that's because it is. This is kind of a reoccurring theme, and also, not only does it kind of show Naruto's character, but it also kind of shows Sasuke's how his fall to death as well. Because like in the first episode, Naruto finishes the fight with Haku, a fight that Sasuke and Naruto should have lost, but... Because Sasuke showed like the overwhelming talent of what he did. He manages to leave an opening for Naruto. And then in Arc 2, in the Chunin exams, Naruto protects Sasuke from Orochimaru's snake when he t- tapped into Ninetales. And now he's protecting him from Gaara. Which, it shows like Naruto always being this rescue savior with a the constant theme with this relationship with Sasuke that... He's always willing to come he's always willing to chase out to Sasuke to get him to protect him. He is his comrade, his friend. He's going to do what it takes to get his friends to safety. But in Sasuke's head, he keeps seeing this as not necessarily failure, but because he knows what Naruto is, he's the class clown. He's like the bottom of the barrel, like quote unquote, from like his reputation and everything. And so he keeps losing to this guy when he was supposed to be number 1. Like he has to be the strongest so he can fight uh, I don't know. We do know his he's enemies. Not, who his enemy uh, is enemies? I don't right? think so not yet.
1: because at the end of this arc we don't know we we do learn who he is at the end of okay. the arc.
0: So he's trying to get stronger to beat his certain someone. And because of this, he is willing to go any sort of way to gain more power but seeing that he constantly is losing to naruto even though arguably you could say literally sasuke has finished almost all these fights but naruto's just here for cleanup but (laughs) in sasuke's mind he's like oh my god he beat an enemy that i couldn't it's like how do you not realize like oh no naruto just finished him off because i did all the work like he doesn't think like that he literally thinks oh Mm -hmm. naruto beat him I didn't, so I need to get stronger.
1: Yeah, this is a huge difference in their personalities. Naruto sees their team as family because Naruto never had family and he's kind of trying to fill that void, whereas Sasuke did have family and he lost it. So I don't think he wants to admit Naruto and Sakura are important to him because he doesn't want to feel like he's replacing the family that was taken from him. So we see that here, like you said, he's constantly being one-upped. He thinks he's losing constantly to this weakling. It's just in his head that he can't get close to these people, so he needs to get stronger so he can do this on his own. And in a similar light, we can kind of see a similar thing going on in Gara's head. So now Naruto's here to fight Gara, and throughout this battle, we... Learn the reason Gara is so full of hate is because he was constantly growing up being feared. People tried to kill him. No one liked him. He was just an outcast with this tailed beast inside of him. And the only person he ever truly loved and the only person that truly cared about him was his uncle. But we learned that his uncle tried to assassinate him and basically um, used an explosive Suicide attack when he failed to try to kill Gara along with himself. So Gara is filled with this hatred because the only person he thought loved him never truly loved him at all, and he was alone this whole time. So he dedicated his life to fight and kill only for himself. So we see very similar things in Sasuke and Gara. They have these people they thought loved them. Garas never loved him, and Sasuke's was taken from him. So they're just truly alone. And Naruto's here trying to fill that void, trying to protect everyone. And he has a different perspective on life.
0: And he's also similar to Naruto, obviously, because they're both Jinchurikis. So Naruto yeah. knows what it feels like to be an outcast and everything because of what's inside you, like literally what's inside you. And I just have to say, when we learn of his past and his uncle was like on his deathbed when, like, this was back when Gar still like showed his emotions. He was a what, like five year old or six year old mm-hmm. or something, He's cr- crying his eyes out, and the uncle's just like, "Yeah, I-, I hated you. I've always hated you because you took the life of the woman I love, or something like that."
1: His sister. His
0: sister, yeah. And it's like, I honestly, I when I first watched it, I didn't know if he was just telling them that. As like a tough love type thing. Because he's like. Mm -hmm. He was the only person left that. His uncle knew he was the only person left that cared for him. So he's like. Now because I can't watch over him. I have to make him stronger. Like I have to. Even if that meant him hating me. But to this day. I'm not sure if that's the case. Or if he actually just straight up hated him.
1: Yeah I completely. I think he wanted to love him. Since he. That was his nephew. And that's his his sister's child. He wanted to love him and he tried his best, but I think his feelings for his sister were deeper because of that sibling bond. So as much as he wanted to love Gara, he never truly could. So the only way for him to get over that was to try to kill Gara. So I think he wanted to love him and he probably did at one point love Gara when maybe he was born. And when he was very young, but I think his hatred just grew as he would have to take care of Gar knowing that he killed his sister and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just, so I think it's a, it's a love hate.
0: It was just a really powerful scene too. Cause I'm just like, mm-hmm. damn, like, I'm just like, Oh my God. Not like I completely understand Gara. Now. Like yeah. I have, well, obviously uh, I don't want him like just mindlessly killing, right. but it's like, okay, I can 100% get... see where you're coming from.
1: Yeah, and even Naruto sort of gets it because at one point Gaara, or he realized Gara's alone and he said, like, he was re- reminiscing and like, could I have turned out this way if I didn't meet Iruka, if I didn't have the third, yeah. and all these people around me who did show me a little bit of affection? Could I have turned out like Gara?
0: Which kind of brings into the continuation where... We see Naruto is trying to fight off Shink- uh, Shikaku, and he obviously uses his what uh, signature jutsu, the shadow clone jutsu, and manages summon like <laughs> thousands of clones to force Gara actually to his full transformation. Because at this point, he's still only part transformation. I don't know if he's like just resisting it or if he can't go full like. One tails or what? But now he's able to go full transformation, and then once he does that, he actually now has the advantage over Naruto, and he goes to do his sand coffin, which, if you remember, in the Chunin exams, is a very brutal way to die. But of course, before he can actually do this, his chakra is almost gone, but he manages to tap into the nine tails chakra and uses his summoning jutsu and he finally brings out gabu is it Gamabunta? gamma gamma buta and he's like the ultimate chief toad warrior i don't i don't know what the height like that one of the highest warrior toads is whatever he's a big motherfucking toad (laughs) he's a big motherfucking powerful toad (laughs) yeah (laughs) he has his little sword and everything and they go toe-to-toe with shikaku and this is kind of when he gives his like speech where he's showing Gar. he's like we're the same he goes, I understand how you feel. I was alone as well. I had nobody to care for me. But because I had Aruka sensei I had the third Hokage. Like you said, he was reminiscing about like, if I didn't have those people, would I have turned out just like you? But because he didn't, he had those friends. He had those pillars to rely on. He didn't go down Gara's path. So now naruto's almost pissed at gara because he's like so what you're just gonna let them torment you you're gonna let them use you it's your it's your life do it how you want to do it what just because you're jinchuiki you can't like live your own life and he starts getting kind of like pissed at him he's like open your eyes and then he freaking he just during the fight like I don't know if he was losing chakra or control or whatever, but he's, like, he, partly out of uh, Shikaku.
1: Yeah, he um, used some... I forget what it was called, but it was a sleeping jutsu, so he lost consciousness, and Shukaku was able to fully control the Jinchuriki state, or the transformation state. So he's basically just sleeping, sticking out of Shikaku's head. Gotcha. And then... <clears throat> does he punch because i thought he headbutts
0: i'm almost Uh, positive it was a headbutt it may have been a headbutt because right before this uh gamabunta like grabs shikaku and like they're like in an arm wrestle kind of like they both they both lock hands and everything and naruto's on Gamabunta, and gara's body is hanging out and so he decides to jump, and I'm almost positive he headbutts him. And he's like, Wake up! And he does that, and yeah. all of a sudden, nope. Gar like, wakes him. up.
1: What? It was a cold cock. He yeah. punched the shit out of him. Oh, it was? Yeah, I just rewatched it. He launched at him and knocked him out. Oh,
0: so he just freaking nails the guy with a haymaker.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And then, obviously. Because of, like, his oh,
1: state. No, we're we're both right. He punches him to wake him up, and then he headbutts him to finish him off. <laughs> <laughs> we were both right. I forgot about the headbutt.
0: I was like, I almost remember the headbutt. I didn't remember the punch. That's funny how we both remember different parts. <laughs> okay, so he does headbutt him towards the end, and then that kind of, like... That almost signals, like, the end of the battle, because shikaku Mm -hmm. disappears gamabunta disappears and they're both on the ground and like even during this naruto's still like inching forward and like garo's just like why would you go so far for someone like me and he goes because we're the same Uh, and he's like what do you mean you're all alone don't you have your like i don't know if he knows they're like brother they considered brothers or sisters or whatever but he's like you have tamari and kankuro like what do you mean you're alone and then that kind of like sets him up to be like, oh shit, I'm not yeah, alone. Like,
1: maybe I am kind of fucked up. Yeah. And so that kind of is the tipping point for Gara. He reevaluates his life at that point and he's just like, Wow, like if Naruto can do it, maybe I can too. So that kind of ends this arc. We have a little funeral for the third Hokage. After the the chaos has calmed down, we have a a nice little funeral to commemorate his life and service to the village. And then we pan out to the outskirts of the village, where there are two guys in black cloaks with red clouds on it, looking at the village, and one asks the other if he feels bad for his little village. And after some pause, the man responds, no. And he lifts his head, revealing the Sharingan dun, dun that dun. is how we end Arc 3.
0: Which is a phenomenal way to end um, Arc 3, I think.
1: Yes, I do too, because you... At this point, they make it known that Sasuke's the last surviving member of his Uchiha clan. They also make it known that the only the Uchihas, excluding Kakashi, have Sharingan. So then they show this motherfucker... Who's just like, yeah, this is my village. And I also have a Sharingan. It's like, who the fuck is this guy? What's his relation to Sasuke? What is going on? Why are these guys matching?
0: Is this the guy that Sasuke has been looking for? The world may never know. Yeah.
1: It's like, what is happening? (laughs) And then the next arc, we'll go into a little more detail on that.
0: But to end arc three... With the question of the day, what was your favorite fight? Because there weren't quite a bit of them. Mm-hmm. They kept panning back and forth.
1: Yeah, pan f- back and forth. Basically, this whole arc was just two fights. That's it.
0: it. It honestly was. like There were some little fights here and there, but yeah, it pretty mm-hmm. much
1: was like two main fights. Yeah, and my favorite fight, I have to say, is the uh, third Hokage's fight because that's the one that started it all off for me.
0: Yeah, I, de- I, I would have to agree with that because that's what brought me into Naruto. Although I will admit, I did like Chino's fight because I kind of. That's when I grew on him as well because I was like, wow. Because like in the tuning exams, you got to see a little bit, but he was in like a closed space. So I feel Mm -hmm. like he couldn't use the extent of his ability because obviously he uses insects where if you're in a forest like hell he should definitely have the upper hand. And I feel like it showed more of his ability so I did like the fight but yeah 100% would say third Hokage Orochimaru fight was definitely Mm -hmm.
1: my favorite. Yeah. And plus, it's really cool looking back at that fight, like rewatching it, and you see the second Hokage and the first Hokage using their jutsus, and you're like, damn, this is fucking cool. Like, looking back at it, and they already had, like, the wood genkai all mapped out and fleshed out and everything. I really like that. So, to finish off this episode, I'm going to leave you off with some facts. In the fight between Orochimaru and the third Hokage, Orochimaru wields a sword called the Sword of Kusanagi, which is actually inspired by a sword of the same name in Japanese folklore. The legendary Sanin, Jiraiya, Tsunade, and Orochimaru were inspired from an almost 200-year-old Japanese folktale called Jiraiya Gotetsu Monogatari. And many abilities related to the Sharingan can be traced back to Shinto inspirations. And one kind of recurring theme that you notice throughout the show is a lot of things are related back to shinto religion or inspiration or many japanese folk tales and with that being said that is everything for this episode if you have any questions concerns recommendations please feel free to email us at weebspawn and follow us on facebook twitter or instagram at weebspawn and
0: I hope you enjoyed our reunion, our coming back for season two. But I have been your host, Bobby.
1: And I'm Joshua.
0: And we will see you guys next time when we weave spawn.